Welcome to a brand new episode of Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I have a conversation with J.C. Allen. He's a beat writer covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Pewter Report as he breaks down the keys for the Bucs in this game, as well as the Hurricanes' effects on this upcoming game in Tampa. Also, we check in on the Chiefs' press conferences this week for the latest sound. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire Managing Editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, anything that stood out to you from the Week 3 loss to the Colts? You know, again, it's probably one of those weeks where it'd be easier to list the things that didn't stand out to me, right? I mean, obviously not a very great game, uh, and, you know, the results uh, really stunk. (laughs) But uh, I, I think the big thing is, like... You know, a lot of things, they went wrong in this game. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, later we're going to be talking about some of those things individually. But you can point to, like, half a dozen problems or so in this game that all contributed to the loss. And as bad as the result is to lose to a team that was 0-1-1, it's a three-point loss. Like, it took... It took a monumental collapse from special teams, horrendous play on the offensive side of the ball, terrible clock management and play calling, really, from Andy Reid, uh, and a potentially egregious flag on Chris Jones for this team to lose by three points. So, I mean, I, I think what I'm what I'm taking away from this loss is, like, this is still a very good football team. And one that is capable of winning a lot of games. Uh, they just have to play good complementary football as opposed to whatever that was that happened in week three. And I think the guys are motivated after that loss. Like, like they want to go out there and prove that, hey, this is not the football team that we are. We're much better than that. And, and this was a one-off. So... I think we're going to see a lot different type of performance this week. We'll see if the results are are any different or if they're the same. But I, I think that really that's the big takeaway is that, you know, when everything went wrong, they lost by three points, right? It wasn't a blowout loss. You know, they didn't get goose egged. It was a, a three-point loss where they really still had a chance to come back and win it at the end there. But, uh, again, uh, you know. The, the different problems they had throughout uh, the game kind of came into play. So, yeah. Will the argument caught on TV between Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes have any lingering effects for the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, this whole thing is really funny to me because people act like this isn't like a common thing in the NFL. Like over the years, that this that this hasn't happened before. That this is just like, oh my gosh, Eric Bieniemy, Patrick Mahomes, oh. But uh, I remember back in, like, maybe, was it 2010, 2011, Bill O'Brien and Tom Brady, they had to be separated on the sideline in the middle of the game. Like, the game was still going on. Like, it wasn't, like, before halftime or anything. It was, this is like, they, they had players, like, out on the field playing. And Bill Belichick had to come over and separate Bill O'Brien from Tom Brady because they were going at each other. I mean, you could read the lips uh, of them. They were dropping F-bombs at each other. Um, I mean, and it wasn't anything close to, to like, to like that, you know, I mean, Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes, I mean, they were clearly, you know, they're, they're saying some things, but they weren't dropping F-bombs at each other, right? (laughs) 
you know, people are acting like this team is imploding or like there's some sort of like, you know, problem between the coaching staff and the players. And I, look, I, I don't think this is going to have any sort of lingering effect at all. In fact, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has said as much. He said, like, after the game, they didn't even talk about it. They wouldn't have talked about it. The media didn't make such a big deal. So, uh, you know, I, I, look, it, it's really up to the coaches and the players whether or not, you know, this is going to have, quote-unquote, lingering effects. If they get back to winning, we're never going to hear about this again. Um, if they don't get back to winning, I mean, I'm sure every sports shock jock in the world will be bringing it up early and often. You know, trouble in paradise. Patrick Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy hate each other's guts. Blah. I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't... I, uh, I don't expect it to be uh, something that lingers. And uh, I think that when you hear from Eric on, uh, on Thursday, he will set things straight. Is it unfair for Chris Jones to shoulder most of the blame for Sunday's loss? Well, I mean, people are like, well, what did Chris Jones say to Matt Ryan? Like, we got to know what he said to Matt Ryan. And frankly, I don't think it really matters in the grand scheme of things what he said. You're a six-year veteran. Like, you should know better than to say anything at all in that scenario. Like, you know you just got off the field. You know you just gave your offense the ball back. Like, even if the Chiefs don't go out and score on the ensuing drive, they get a chance to bleed some clock, which could have been the difference between a win or a loss in this game. So, I mean, you can pick a dozen different areas in this game, or, you know, uh, like I mentioned earlier, where the Chiefs, like, they failed to capitalize. They they just abject, complete failure uh, on different phases of the game, uh, didn't perform well enough to win. But I truly feel that in that moment, that was the moment they lost the game. All right. There are other moments where they didn't win the game, right? But that was the moment they lost. So yeah, I do think that, that he should shoulder a lot of the blame and, uh, it's probably good that it came ahead of this week for game. Why do I say that? Because he and Tom Brady have got into it in a very similar way before, too. And, you know, like Tom Brady kind of incited the fight between, you know, Mike Evans uh, and the other fella the other week that ended up getting Mike Evans suspended. So I, I'm hoping that Jones understands and uh, cooler heads prevail this week going against, you know, a competitor like Brady who likes to talk too. Should the Chiefs keep Sky Moore as a punt returner if he's uncomfortable in the role? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that uh, that I'd say he's uncomfortable in the role. I mean, Moore just really isn't very experienced at this. He had one punt return in college. Didn't really do it in high school. I mean, there are no live special teams reps in training camp. So, like, like let's count it out. Let's count it out. He had three actual punt returns in the preseason and one fair catch. He had four punt returns in week one, two in week two. So this kid hasn't even had hasn't even had ten career punt returns before he gets to week three. So in my opinion, it's understandable why he'd make those mistakes. Like he's not he's not a natural at this. He's still learning. Um, but that doesn't make him not the team's best option, right? I mean, maybe Michael Hardman, but for whatever reason, they, they seem to feel Hardman is more of a boon on the offensive side of the ball than he is on special teams right now. And, you know, he has a heel injury, so I can't can't really argue with that. I, I don't think they have any better options than Moore. Otherwise, he wouldn't be out there. Um, 
and, and I don't really anticipate them making a change. You know, best they could probably do is call up Corey Coleman from the practice squad. But, you know, is that going to happen? I, I, I don't expect it to. Um, we'll just see. We'll just see what the future brings. I mean, I, I think you have to give the rookie a chance to, to get a little bit more comfortable there. And really, I mean, look, first two punt returns messed him up last week. But on the third one, third time's a charm. He caught that thing, 12-yard return. Could could have even brought it out for more. If it was a different player, I think he probably could have got, got a little bit more out of that. But, you know, right, good enough. 12-yard return, set the thing up around midfield. Chiefs went down and they scored their only points of the second half after that return. So I, I think there's progress there that we've seen. And I think you got to stick with him on that uh, moving forward, unless, you know, he continues to have issues. <clears throat> Ask Chiefs Wire. Randall writes, what's going on with the Chiefs offense and when should we start to get worried? Well, it's definitely not time to worry, obviously. I mean, it's only week three, right? Um, we're, we're just going into week four now. Haven't even played, you know, a quarter of the season yet. Uh, and, and, you know, I think the expectations for this offensive group were maybe a little bit unrealistic given how, like, flawless they looked during the preseason. But, I mean, I think the one thing that bears monitoring with the offense is there's just this, like, apparent disconnect between the coaching staff and the personnel, right? Like, I mean, you heard it kind of from Patrick Mahomes when he was discussing the kerfuffle with uh, with Eric Bieniemy. He's aggressive, wants to go out and score every chance he gets. Well, coaching staff didn't didn't want to do that at the end of the half, you know? So that that right there, there's that little disconnect uh, in in you know what what one wants to do, what the other wants to do. And, and to me, sometimes, look, you know. Patrick Mahomes, he wants to force the ball down the field. He wants these big plays, and and it, it's coming off to me as almost impatience. Like he gets he gets impatient, like you know, going through the reads and checking the ball down, and and you know, just matriculating the ball down the field of sorts. He wants the big plays. He lives for them. Now, that's not a bad thing, but like this skill position group is different than the ones they've had in the past. Like they're not going to have that instant strike offense that you saw with Tyree Kill. And the more they try to replicate that, be it by play calling or Mahomes' play style, I, I think the offense is going to struggle. And, and that's not to say they can't like come out and call the occasional shot play. We've seen them do it. Uh, they just need to do that time, you know, the right times, and they need to do that uh, successfully, which they haven't been able to do so far. I mean, you know, Mahomes said he had to make the one uh, that he missed to Marquez Valdez Scanling overthrew him. Like they they got to work on that because uh, when they have those opportunities they have to they have to be able to take advantage. I mean, Valdez Scantling was open; he had him. Uh, it was just a matter of making the play there. So, and then you know there are times where I feel like you know the offense are, are running some of these route combinations that just aren't built for this receiver group in its current iteration. Um, like the offensive line isn't going to hold up on some of these deep deep route combos when teams are playing man coverage, like. They have speed, but they don't have that game-breaking speed with with Tyreek Hill that they had. Where like, if you man him up, you're gonna like it's a win. It's automatically a win, right? I, I don't think they have that. I mean, even with Michael Hardman, he's not as good of a route runner. Sky Moore, incredible off the line, but clearly has uh, some work to do to get the trust of the quarterback and the offense, uh, the the offensive play callers. 
But uh, they just don't have that guy who can consistently beat those one-on-one matchups. I feel like Juju is pretty close. Like, he's had some moments um, where it's just been, like, a second off. Where, like, if the offensive line held up for, like, you know, fraction of a second longer, Mahomes would have seen Juju come open and boom. But, um, you know, it, it just it, it, it's not built that way anymore, right? I think that, you know, they have to get some more uh, effectiveness out of the run game. They have to get um, Mahomes a little bit more comfortable and confident, you know, playing the short game and, and, you know, marching the ball down the field with these, you know, long, efficient drives. I mean, we saw him in the preseason, 11 plays, touchdown, 12 plays, touchdown, 12 plays, touchdown. Um, When they get into a rhythm like that, this group is very unstoppable. But, yeah, Andy Reid said it. They failed to get them into that type of rhythm last week. Um, so I think there's a bit of introspection that needs to occur with both Mahomes and uh, the offensive coaching staff to really ensure that this group is performing at its best and, and doing its best as an offense. And, I mean, I think that starts this week. You know, they're going up against a really, really good defense, one of the best defenses in the NFL. So they need to be on point and uh, – you know, coming out of a loss like this, sometimes that's the best way to do it, right? You you find out what doesn't work, and you find out a little bit more about what is working and what you can do to find that success. So uh, I, I don't think you should start getting worried now. Uh, there will be time for that much later in the season. But uh, this, uh, this you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes this week against the Buccaneers. Ask Chiefswire, Mitch writes... Will the Chiefs finally activate Ronald Jones in an effort to get the run game going? I don't think so. And uh, first, Jones isn't practicing to start the week due to an illness. Second, I I don't really think um, personnel would have changed the success that Casey had against the Colts. Like, they're the number one run defense in the NFL through three weeks, allowing just 2.6 yards per carry. We're allowing just 2.9 yards per carry before that week three game. So... Um, really the biggest thing that Kansas City can do to help the run game is to throw out the portion of the playbook that has the outside zone plays. Um, this group, specifically the running backs and the offensive line, they're not best suited towards, towards that. They are better suited towards the power run game, which means Kansas City needs to run more duo, more counter plays, more trap plays, um, and, and do so with greater frequency. Right now, I mean, Andy Reid's always had that kind of like the zone running scheme. He's always kind of had the shifty backs and, and you know, um, it, it just feels like they're trying to force a square peg into a, a round hole with the running game a little bit here. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's kind of confusing to me. I wonder sometimes if it is the fact that they have, you know, a, a, only a second year running back coach working with the running backs. If that is part of the problem, um, I, I wonder if Eric Bieniemy needs to take step in and take a, a greater, um, you know, role in within that and, and get that group uh, working a little bit. I, I just don't know um, why they're having such troubles uh, finding out what these this group does well and you know utilizing that to their to their uh, gain. And as always, are there any particular stories from Chief Suari you would like to highlight from the past week? Yeah, so uh, plenty of updates on Hurricane Ian and whether uh, the Chiefs will 
will you know be playing in Tampa Bay or whether they're going to be moving the game uh, this week for games. So uh, keep an eye out on that. Be sure you're staying up to date there. Um, if there was ever a week to read our, our special teams review from Wesley Roche, this the week. Uh, Wes did a great job with that, and uh, you know obviously takes a, a look at the film, charts all the snaps, you know took a look at, at what went wrong, and and really uh, put together uh, an idea of how how to move forward there. Uh, Ed, Ed, my guy Ed here, he's got a few pieces up on the website about Patrick Mahomes' thoughts uh, on facing Tom Brady, whether it be his last matchup with Brady, and uh, his reaction to Rihanna being announced as the Super Bowl LVI halftime performer. Um, Obviously, we've got plenty of uh, Week 4 preview content on the way soon. As always, thank you guys so much for reading, listening, and uh, submitting your questions this week. If you want your question answered on the podcast next week, you can email us at chiefswiremailbag at gmail.com. You know what time it is, Ed. (laughs) It's time for me to get out of here, first of all. But first we say, go Chiefs. First thing I want to ask you before we begin to the game is, how is everything in Tampa, you know, are you safe? Everybody's okay down there? Yeah, we're going to ride the storm out. It shifted pretty, um, you know, southeasterly. So it, it looks like it's still going to hit us, but it won't hit us dead on. So, you know, still expecting 50 to 70 mile per hour winds potentially. Um, but, you know, we're all stocked up. We're prepared. We've got everything. The biggest thing is loss of power at this point that we're really worried about. Nothing structural or anything like that, but um still gonna get a bunch of rain but we're uh we're, we're hanging in here i, I just got to keep reminding my kids to keep their ipads on the charger <laughs> oh yeah that definitely that's a big deal man we're all thinking of tampa and everything you guys are gonna you know going through with this so definitely uh, sure. crazy times uh but uh let's get into some stuff that's good and that's football but uh both teams are coming off losses in week three big matchup everyone's gonna be talking about mahomes versus brady but there are these other matchups and these other key players that make this game uh, such a big watch. So the first thing I want to start off with is who are the players you feel like on offense that need to be highlight- highlighted outside of Tom Brady? No, I think it's going to be uh, obviously the wide receivers have been dealing with a bunch of injuries on that side of the ball. Mike Evans suspension, but before that he was dealing with a, with a calf injury himself. Uh, you know, Chris Godwin with the hamstring injury, uh, Julio Jones with that torn, partially torn PCL injury. Um, so it's going to be a huge focus on who's going to be able to play, who's not. It looks like, speaking to Todd Bowles earlier today, that Julio Jones and Chris Godwin are going to practice. Uh, so that will be huge if they're able to play. Uh, Leonard Fournette is always another guy as well. Uh, the Bucks really have put an onus this season on establishing the run and having more balance on offense. They really don't want Brady throwing it 50, 60 times a day if they can help it. So... Uh, you know, I think Mike Evans is going to be a big focal point of this offense. I, I think, you know, if Julio Jones can play, the way that the Bucks wide receivers match up against this Kansas City Chiefs secondary is, in my opinion, a little bit more favorable matchup than it is running the ball against guys like Chris Jones, Frank Clark, uh, Nick Bolton, and, and such on, on that defensive front seven. So uh, I think I'd highlight the wide receivers for sure this week. If they're able to go, if they're healthy, if there's no setbacks, I, I think that's going to be the matchup that Brady's going to look to exploit. I definitely hear that. And 
you know, with the Chiefs obviously dealing with some uh, issues at cornerback in terms of health. Uh, mm. This could be a this could be a thing down the line, especially in the game. Uh, but I do want to flip it to the other side of the ball and uh, take a look at the Bucks defense. Who you feel like are the players that can uh, make an impact and uh, try to slow down Mahomes? Yeah, I think that that secondary uh, that the Bucks have has has really shown a lot of improvement and there's a lot of versatility back there if you're looking at guys like logan ryan mike edwards antoine winfield jr who's playing more nickel than he is free safety this year uh, all three of those those players have had an interception in the first three games mike mike edwards with a pick six against the saints so i think those guys are going to be huge matchup problems for what the chiefs are going to try to be doing on offense through the passing game and if they can play the way that they've played uh, in the, throughout the first three games, there's definitely going to present some struggles. I also, you know, looking at the coverages, you know, the, the Bucks have been playing a little bit more too high, and it looks like Andy Reid has kind of found a way to overcome that uh, a defensive system that's kind of plagued him in the past. So it's going to be a big test for the Bucks. I also think the edge rushers, you know, Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon Sharinka, this Chiefs offensive line is having some difficulties right now. Um, and I, I think that they are primed to be able to maybe exploit some of those and get after Patrick Mahomes. We all remember the Super Bowl, uh, you know, when Shaq Barrett was chasing chasing Mahomes all around the field. Uh, you know, he had eight pressures that game. So I think that's going to be another spot where the Bucks are going to try to rattle him, try to make him, you know, throw the ball sooner than he wants to, uh, hold on to the ball longer than he wants to, with good coverage. So I, I think those two areas, Shaq Barrett, Antoine Winfield Jr., those guys are who I'm really kind of, highlighting this week as, as guys who are going to be able to make plays and, and disrupt the passing game for the Chiefs with, you know, Levante David and Devin White providing solid coverage on Travis Kelsey and the backs underneath. Now, it's interesting that you brought up the uh, the offensive line and you go back to that Super Bowl where I feel like that was the point where the Chiefs said we need to make more of a focal point on the offensive line, seeing Patrick Mahomes run for his life. Wasn't a great thing for Chiefs fans. I know Bucks fans would probably, you know, would love to see that again this Sunday. But let's actually look at the. Uh, let's take some predictions for the game. Uh, who do you feel like wins the game, and uh, what's the score? I think this game is is really tough to predict right now. So early in the week, there's definitely some key factors as as far as health, as far as location. Right now, the location of the game is up in the air. The the Bucks have relocated to Miami to practice for the next three days. Um, and with all hopes that they're able to come back here Sunday night and play in Tampa, it really depends on what the storm does and how much damage it, it, it creates uh, for this region. It, you know, are they able to really necessarily take a, take away from emergency services, you know, and having off secure off duty security police officers there? Um, are they able to get enough people for concessions and ticketing and security, et cetera? So, those factors are going to play a huge part in whether this game is here. And if it's not, it's, it look, it's looking like it's going to be in Minnesota, which is going to be a neutral uh, site for both of these teams. Um, but I think that kind of, that will weigh on the game as well a little bit, you know, not having that home crowd. I'm sure they'll have fans in the stadium, whether that's free tickets or what they do in Minnesota to get people in there. Um, but I think that will, that might have an effect on it. And, Injuries too, you know, are the wide receivers playing? Who's playing at wide receiver? Uh, is Donovan Smith able to go? And on the on your side of the football as well. But uh, I, I beginning of the season, I picked this as as a Bucks loss, and given the uncertain you know uncertainty 
and kind of being a little earlier in the week, I think I'm going to stick with that. Uh, but a very close loss. I, I think the Bucks finally get some points on the board, something they've struggled over the last couple of weeks. Um, but I think at this point in time, the Chiefs just do a little more. And it's probably going to look like some 27, 24, 24, 21, somewhere around there with the Chiefs victory. But that could change depending on how the rest of the week plays out with injuries and location and such. Definitely. It's going to be a lot of variables going into this game, probably more than uh, than most games during this regular season. Right. But the focal point really is just making sure everyone's safe. And, um, you know, it's, it's football kind of takes a back seat when it comes to that. So I, I definitely understand. Uh, JC, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Um, please make sure to catch his, um, his amazing reports on the Pewter Report. Um, JC, are there any links or anything that you would like to promote? Uh, yeah, I guess you can follow me on Twitter at JC Allen NFL kind of your one-stop shop for all bucks, whether it's Peter Report, whether it's things I'm finding around the league, uh, reports, PFF, my own thoughts and opinions. Um, you know, I know your listeners probably aren't Bucks fans, especially after the results of the Super Bowl, but, you know, I always preach I'm a football fan first. If if the team I covered or the team I root for to fall off the, you know, fall off the league, I, I'd still be all in on football. So the more I learn about the other teams, the more I know, uh, I think the more it makes me a better reporter and a fan of the game. So if, if you're one of those people who want to follow me, for sure. If not, you can check out all of our, our work leading up to the game at PeterReport.com. And, uh, again, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, we, we definitely appreciate the, the thoughts and prayers over here in Tampa. And, you know, hopefully we can get through this a, as a state and without, you know, real loss of, of, of life and loss of property and destruction and everything like that. Definitely. We definitely agree. And JC, once again, thank you so much, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Biggest of stages, and both these teams are coming off frustrating losses. So what are you expecting when you see Tom Brady in the Bucks? Um, well, honestly, in, in this standpoint, I could care less about, you know, what they're doing. It's about, you know, our team and, and what we have going on or things that we have to overcome in order for us to feel like, uh, you know, we're doing the right things in order for us to be successful. Uh, and, you know, like I said, from an offensive standpoint, I can I can't look at see what Tom Brady's doing because I don't play against him. Uh, so I'm not watching his film. But as far as uh, as an offensive group doing the things that, you know, we felt like we uh, you know, shot ourselves in the foot on. We go in and pinpoint those things and get those things done this week. So we feel like uh, we can execute what we need to execute. Not only from the two times that we played them, you know, watching that, watching that film, but just some of the hiccups from last week also. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you hear it, you hear it the whole season, you know, it's a long season and then it's, you know, it's week three and then we'll be looking back at this depending on how the season goes. Like, man, it seemed like, a, you know, it was forever and a year ago um, just having this conversation. But it's just one of those things that we will still go back and, and look at this film and, and see some of the things that we messed up on and still watch film and, and plays and, and formations of defenses is from this game that will help us in the in, in the future so it's just one of those things you see where you were and then where you can be and how good that we feel like we are and how good can we be as far as in the future 
Couple more. How much are you relishing those opportunities in the, in the past game, and not specifically? How would you evaluate yourself so far? Um, you know, it was it was something that that you know multiple times I've always been been asked in this in this situation as far as getting catches and being able to catch the ball. But like I I, I pretty much say as soon as, as Coach Reed gives me the opportunity, you know, go run this route, bro. I, that's that's what I'm going to do. Go run the route and, and catch the ball. So uh, just. Seeing, seeing, having the opportunities and, and taking full advantage of those opportunities, not only to show, um, you know, that I can do it, but to gain trust with not only you know Coach Reed, but also fifteen and and, and everybody else on the offense. I want to take the time to thank our guest J.C. Allen for coming on and letting us know everything going on with the Buccaneers as well as updates with the hurricane that is affecting the game as well as the city. And remind you to please follow us on Twitter at The Chiefs Wire for the latest updates. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next week.